Welcome to episode 13 of the Dental Elements podcast. Today we have a super special guest on our episode. We are going to be talking about her new podcast called Seriously Sober. Um, This is a very important topic as many of us in the dental industry are being overwhelmed. Either we're stressed with anxiety and worry or we are working working so hard and so hot and so sweaty that we have so many extra extra anxieties and stress levels and um, you know a lot of us tend to use too much alcohol or other substances to help during these stressful times. Uh, Donnell is going to be sharing her story of sobriety um, very touching very honest open story we'll, we'll show you the journey that she went through and how she was able to find recovery in her life and talk about how as professionals when we see our patients how we can help them in in learning and coping with the stressfuls we are the only people that they they get to see we're the only socialization that they're having so it's important that we we're aware of these issues and that we can help, help our patients as well so please enjoy the episode and watch for Donnell's podcast seriously sober once again thank you so much for listening i am donnell and i am an alcoholic um i remember the first time that i actually went in to a room full of strangers and said that um and that was at an aa meeting and i can remember just the huge lift of weight coming off my chest because I'd been battling that for so long. Um, I think that my alcoholism started from the very beginning for me. My mom passed away when I was three. Um, She was drinking and driving and um, my sister was six years old at the time. And my dad was an alcoholic throughout my life. He's still with us today, um, but he was in and out of prison our entire life. So that the only time that I saw him was there. Um, that being said, I think a lot of my alcoholism and trying to find my way out with alcohol is because I grew up so strangely, you know? Um, I, I got adopted by my grandparents, my Mimi and granddad, and they are absolutely amazing people. Thank God for them. Right. I don't know where I'd be without them. Um, but I think that I always felt like I wasn't good enough because of just the situation. Um, I grew up in obviously with my grandparents, it was like a 1950s beaver cleaver type you know really tough tough rules tough situation and it was also on a farm so it was like get up do your chores like you better do this right or you're in big trouble right I just never felt like I was good enough I was never pretty enough I was never skinny enough I was you know never likable people I I felt like I didn't fit in so I learned from a pretty early age how to mask all of that, right? Um, and the first time that I drank alcohol, I was 
uh, I want to say 15. And I remember that. And when you speak with a lot of alcoholics, they remember their first drink. Um, because it's like euphoric to us. Something just clicks. And all of a sudden, everything's better. Um, you can sing. You can dance. People like you. You can open up to them. And people just want to be just like you, right? Like, you're on cloud nine. Well, I remember loving that feeling but obviously i was really young so i couldn't drink a ton yet um, when i finally got to college i started drinking a lot i mean daily um, i originally wanted to be an oral surgeon and i went to school to study pre-dent um, or biology and i I focus more on partying and being likable than going to class. Um, that being said, I continued to just kind of do my own thing, make my own rules. I think I wa wanted to be a rule breaker because I was so used to this, like everything has to be done this way. And I didn't like that. Um, I ended up dropping out of college because I wasn't doing well and I didn't want to get kicked out, right? So um, I just went ahead and dropped out because then it was on my terms. Um, but I still continued to drink. I didn't ever think it was an issue um, because everybody else was doing it. But here's the thing. Everybody else grew up. Everybody else was having children and they were having families and they were getting really great jobs and I was just still hanging out drinking. I was a dental assistant. Um, that is one thing that I did accomplish. I went to a vocational school during high school and um, I was a dental student, dental assistant and um, top of my class, I was the prom queen, you know, you look at me on the outside and it appears that everything's great and perfect, right? But on the inside, I was crumbling. I did what I had to do to succeed at what I could. Um, and then I ended up going into AFTA school, which, you know, I love. I absolutely, I absolutely adore patients and, and, you know, the dental side of things. So I would go home after a long day of work and I would drink and I would drink more and I would drink more and I couldn't stop. And then it started becoming an issue, right? So I would hide it. I would make sure I had really big purses and I would go and I would buy bottles of wine and I would put them in my purse so he didn't know. I would buy bottles of wine and I would go up to my closet and I would chug them. I mean, I legit would finish a bottle of wine within five minutes. I was not in a good place. So it progressively got worse and worse and worse and I, I continued to hide it, but I also appeared very um, functional until I started drinking to the point that I would pass out and black out and not remember anything from the night before. That being said, um, we had we had a lot of things go on, Ty, Tyler and I, but um, it got to the point that he was done. He, we got in a fight and, and a lot of stuff went down with that, but what happened is I got kicked out of my house. 
Um, I actually got sent to jail for that, for, for a fight that we had. And the next day I got out of jail and I was notified that um, I could not be within 250 feet of my children, of my home, of Tyler. Um, and I, I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to live. I was, I had gone from being mom to nothing, mom and wife to nothing. Um, it got to the point that I was doing really well and I was sober and I was sticking it out, but I wasn't sure yet, right? Like I didn't think that I really had a problem. So what did I do? I continued to drink. I got my girls back. I mean, I made everything appear fine. Um, I got the girls back for visitation, things like that, which that was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I remember, and I will never forget, I initially had to do um, supervised visitation, right, through CPS. Um, but I remember the girls would come and we would be in this tiny room and there were a bunch of old, you know, donated toys and this old lady was sitting there watching the entire time, writing down everything we were saying, everything we were doing. And we got one hour every two weeks, I could see my kids. And that was the hardest thing I've ever done. You don't grow up thinking, I want to grow up and be an alcoholic that's divorced and ruined their life but it happens. So I'm here today, you know, better with three years of recovery. And um, I just wanna share that you can get better no matter how hard it gets. It's just amazing. And it's amazing that you lost your children and your husband um, and they were just little babies. They must've been babies at the time and you had, you know, went to visit them. But you said you didn't think that you had a problem. You still didn't think that you had a problem. So what got you so serious to get sober, to, that, to realize that it was finally time? What was your, if that wasn't your rock bottom, what actually clicked in your head? What took, what did it take to actually get you to make the change? So no, that was not my rock bottom, which you would totally think it would be because that's terrible for any, anyone. Um, my rock bottom was when I, I went to visit my grandparents that raised me and um, I had been pretty good. I, I had been sober for, I want to say three months. Um, so I thought I was ready to go out there and I went, it was actually Thanksgiving. Um, and I don't know what it was, but my family, like I, I was just really anxious about being around family, right? That's like a really stressful time. like. They're all wanting to know where you are in life and what you've been up to. And, you know, yes, they are nosy. And, and it's, I knew, I knew they all knew what I've been up to and that's like no good, right? Like whatever. So I went to my grandparents liquor cabinet and I started, well, I convinced myself that it would be okay to just take a little shot of gin, right? To get the edge off. Well, one is never enough for me, right? Like I'm not a normal person and I recognize that now, but I cannot stop when I start. So that being said, um, by the end of that night, I ended up in an ambulance on my way to the hospital because I had drank myself nearly dead in front of my grandparents. 
I spit in a cop's face. I was saying really vulgar things to the, to the people that were trying to help me. I was just a total train wreck. Um, and I don't remember exactly what my blood alcohol level was, but I think if it was any higher, I think they said like even slightly higher, I would have lost my life. Um, so that I hope was my bottom. I never, I never say that was my bottom for sure, because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. But um, yeah, that, that's where I was like, all right, Tonell, get it together. Like you've got, you're going to die. And a lot of addicts get to that point where they're either going to live or they're going to die or they're going to end up in, in an institution for the rest of their life. And something just finally clicked and I, I knew I needed to get it together for my family, for my kids. So I did. How did you do that? So um, I went to treatment um, in Florida, you know, and that was an inpatient treatment. I learned a lot there. I met a lot of really great people. I loved hearing people's stories. Um, but ultimately, I think that my savior was AA. Um, I went to, they tell you to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. So I did that. Um, I started doing step work. I got a sponsor. Um, and with all of that brings a lot of personal development and a lot of learning about who you really are. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, your story sounds pretty similar to my, my sister. Um, my sister and I were estranged because she, she's made some interesting decisions in her life. And the shocker was any when we were growing up, you know, anytime, you know, my dad's recovering alcoholic as well. But if my sister saw alcohol when we were growing up, she would just like push it away. I have nothing to do with it. Cause she, she knew it was in our bloodline. And then um, she and I were estranged for a while. <clears throat> and uh, I get a call from my mom saying, Heather, is her name? Heather's in the hospital because her liver's about shot. And I go, what? Yeah, because she's been drinking so heavily. It's like, what are you talking about? She used to just like despise even the look of alcohol. And, uh, you know, it was just, a switch went off and she was hiding it apparently and she lives with my she and our brother live together but hiding it from our brother and everybody else and just it finally took its toll and she uh that was her wake-up call yeah so she was okay after after that and was able to get help or she yeah that was her that was her she probably considered that her rock bottom um but she's been yeah, two years sober now, so that's great. Mm -hmm. That is great. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I always said that I would never in my life drink and drive because my mom passed away doing that. And I always thought it was like the worst thing I could possibly do. Um, and when I progressed in my addiction, I didn't care anymore. Um, so I drank and drive a lot. I actually got a DUI. Um, thank goodness I only got one, but, um, it's just funny how our brain can convince us that 
we are just invincible, right? So, you know, when you say that your sister pushed away alcohol, it, mm-hmm. it reminded me of that, you know? Mm-hmm. We try to set our own morals, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it's just too powerful. Right, it was just like, that was the absolute shock. It's like, what are you talking about? She despised even the look of it. And then... So do you think she was drinking that whole time and that was like an act, like to um, know how you overdo things or... Right, and, and she and I talked about that. Um, no, she goes, it just it was just too, she had too much on her. Um, little backstory, she had a child at the age of 30 that she, she adopted out actually, which is a really good decision on her part. Um, she financially and emotionally couldn't do it. Um, I applaud her for that. And I think that's when she, that's when it started. And that was, see Emma, she's 10. So probably about 10 years ago. Kind of fill that void. Like yeah. The whole, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think that a lot of people do um, things to fill, whether it's eating, shopping, drinking, you know, if you have that addictive personality or if you can't mm-hmm. face things, then you find something to fill that void. Mm-hmm. And so Donnell has her own podcast as well. She started a podcast recently. And so we would like to share that with you. We're very excited and proud of her for, for doing this. And um, we'll let Donnell tell us about her project that she has. So it's a podcast and it is called Seriously Sober. Um, There are a ton of sobriety podcasts out there, but I thought maybe, just maybe, I could bring one to the table. Um, A lot of them are very glum and like just, you know, sad. And I wanted to get it out to people that recovery is actually a really fun thing. Um, when you're first getting into recovery, you don't know how to function without alcohol. And you think that life is going to be so stinking boring, right? Um, so I brought this out to share a lot of stories, right? Um, I bring a lot of different people on there and they bring their experience, strength, and hope. And they talk about what they did to recover and what their life is like now to bring hope to everyone. So um, my goal in life or with this podcast is to just be that inspiration for someone to keep going because I know how hard it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. Well, that's great. You said, and I haven't listened to any other sobriety podcasts, but you said they sound like they're kind of glum. So you put yeah. a positive spin on what you could accomplish from recovering. So that's great. <clears throat> Yeah. And I'm just like a bubbly personality, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of us in dentistry are like that. We're just like all over the place. Um, And so I'm like, I just, I want to bring some fun to it. It's Mm -hmm. a serious thing, right? Which is why we said seriously sober. Um, But you can also make light of it, right? You can embrace the good part of recovery. Um, I embrace the fact that I did it and I have accomplished so much since I've gotten into recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a great life, better than I could have ever imagined. So, oh, I, oh are you drinking coffee right now? I was going to ask because um, I've gone to AA before, uh, you know, in my childhood, um, some Al Anon stuff and um, a few AA meetings. And there's a lot of coffee there. 
do you there is it is there still a lot of coffee there and do you drink a lot of coffee oh yeah so aa yeah it's known for well known for like it's crappy coffee <laughs> um, like pots of the not even folgers oh, it's so bad but i'll tell you like since Sugar. the covid yeah the the covid pandemic has really slowed down my meeting goings i do them online but I miss the crappy coffee. I do. Yeah. Um, I think because with alcohol, so much sugar in it, like especially in a wine. And then, so if you're not drinking then you crave a lot of sugar. And so I know like yes. they do a lot of sugar in their coffee and stuff too, but Hey, you know, one thing at a time. Oh, that, yeah. like yeah. you were saying with COVID, you're not able to go to your meetings. You know, I've seen patients that it's, you know, you worry about that because there's a lot of, you know, problems and I've gone out where you see the kids alone now which is great because their parents stay outside but then I've gone outside to talk to their parents and the dad's out there smoking he's like oh you know I'm his hygienist as well he's like oh I'm so sorry I started smoking again and this COVID you know it's got me distressed out so I started smoking again I'm drinking a lot he just started blurting he's like I'm drinking a lot I'm drinking so much and uh and I hear that a lot from people they're totally like depressed and stressed and they're going back to their vices and it's a hard time for people you know people that are struggling with addiction and trying to survive yeah it is alarming to me um i just spoke with a treatment coordinator at the facility that i was in and they are expecting the rates to go way way up um obviously right people are sitting at home they're stuck in their head and a lot of people don't know how to fix it other than masking it with substances um, so we're going to see a lot of addiction rates go up. Um, that being said, even people are going to be afraid to go to inpatient. It's already scarier than heck, right? Um, but we don't know how clean those places are. Um, so it, it, it's very, it's a scary time for addicts for sure. Um, and I actually had an episode yesterday I spoke with a gal named Jen and she had said that um, you know it was interesting the alcohol you know places didn't close down like the liquor stores and um, she had found out that it was because if the liquor stores would have shut down people could have died with oh. like going through withdrawals there would have been a big increase in death so I was like wow that's real, right? I, I mean, either. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oregon, marijuana's legal. And so we have like marijuana stores more than Starbucks. And so they were all open. And it's like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. You know, if you can't go to the gym or go to church, why can't you buy alcohol? And I didn't think of that. Yeah. And then you're drinking home alone. So it's not like you're going out to a nice restaurant and socializing and having a drink. You know, you're not. Yeah. It, it's a scary time for sure. Mm -hmm. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I don't want to bring this up right now there, but like suicide and they they talk like some serious stuff. And it's so a lot of us in dentistry right now, so busy, be, not just because, I mean, because it's healthy and people need to get their melting care because a lot of it's because you can only go so many places. And so that's one thing that they're afraid to do. They're like, Oh, dentistry's open. Let's go to the dentist. So now it's an outing. It's something to do. Um, so we're working more as counselors than ever. This in which is great. I love doing that. I love helping people obviously and um, coaching people. And so a lot of, the times when your patients are in your chair, that's what I'm doing a lot is, is more personal, like counseling, <laughs> seriously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, I agree. It, it not only is 
busier, but the COVID, you know, the new protocols and things like that, it makes you just like, you're just my, my, I know for me, my mind was, is just everywhere. You know, did I did I sterilize this? Did I spray this down? Did I wipe this twice? You know, like, and, um, it's a hard time in dentistry for dental professionals. Um, because people want to come in because they're bored. Right. And they want to tell us their life story. And it's like, for me, I'm a caring person and I, and most of us are right. Um, I want to help counsel them, you know, like you were saying, Cindy, but there's no time. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of times I'm like, Oh, really? That that happened. That's a bummer. I got to go, you know, and Mm -hmm. that, that really was weighing on me that, that, um, contributed to me doing the two week notice as well. It's a lot of responsibility, especially for somebody that like yourself that has their own, you know, issues with anxiety and coping and it brings those up in you. Um, one thing I do do is I make notes in the chart really well. Um, and then I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say to get them to that next step, just to make sure to, um, you know, that they, that they follow up on themselves and take care of themselves. And a lot of the patients now, the ones that come in before that are like senior citizens, even before that's their big outing, you know, they come in because they want to talk to somebody. They don't want their teeth clean. Their teeth are disgustingly dirty, but you only have so much time. So sometimes I'm like, okay, this is your hour. And I'll put that in my notes too. Like patient wanted to have a lot of questions or just so you know, just in case, but if that's what they want and they want to talk and that's health, that's health too. It's mental health. You know, it might not be getting plaque off their teeth, but it's overall, I consider it overall health, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's really important. So when you started this podcast, was the impetus thinking about focusing on dentistry, people in recovery, since that's, that's oh, weird. So that's funny that you bring that up because I was actually on an on DM call and um, there was a lot of talk about if you want to be something, then be it, you know, do something big if you want to do it. And I'm sitting there, like this call got me really pumped. And I'm like thinking, what is different about me than, you know, most dental professionals? And so immediately I'm like, well, I have experience with addiction and recovery. So I started brainstorming and I'm like, okay, I, I want to start a podcast, right? So it was originally going to be called the truth behind the mask. Um, and it was going to pinpoint mostly dental professionals, but healthcare professionals in general. Um, and we were going to talk about all of the stressors and triggers and the anxiety that come with, you know, working in healthcare, um, and how we coped with it, right. With alcohol. Um, and then the more and more I thought into it, I ended up with seriously sober, because I wanted to reach more people. Um, I wanted to get more, you know, more stories and things mm-hmm. like that. I thought I could get more. Um, so that's how Seriously Sober came about. But yes, it was originally for dental and healthcare professionals because it's a stressful job. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you're in a toxic work environment. I mean, you will you'll go home and drink like crazy, you know? So yeah, I, I plan to have dental professionals on the show very soon, but with, 
kind of branching out into the seriously sober and making it just all about everyone's recovery and sobriety and addiction. I've met so many cool people. Um, I have an episode coming up that um, is a mother that lives in New York and her son is a struggling addict um, and he still is. And she's actually started a nonprofit organization um, called Moms of Addicts. And she's just bringing a lot of hope to mothers that blame themselves for the outcome of their children. Um, she's written books, like she's done really amazing things for that community. Um, I'm meeting someone that um, has not only an alcohol disorder, but she also has an eating disorder. So we're going to be on the show branching together how how that, you know, coincides with one another. And it's, it's just going to be really cool to get to hear all these stories. And, and it's not just to help other people, right? Like as someone in recovery, you're told to do service for others. And that's exactly what I'm doing. And, and what that does is that makes me stronger in sobriety, right? That's accountability. If I were to turn around and drink tomorrow, after, you know, launching this podcast on sobriety, shame on me, right? And it can happen at any time, it can. Um, but it, it brings a lot of accountability. So I, that's, that's why the podcast really helps me personally. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what, what uh, the guests you're going to have on the show. And, you know, the reason we start podcasts partially is to hear people's stories. Because people can relate to them. I, you know, I, I'm new. I'm very green at this. Um, I got a lot of help from Cindy, um, you know, learning how to even start a podcast for goodness sake. I had no idea. I had no clue what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to do it. I listen back to some of the, the first ones that I've done. I've only launched three for goodness sakes, but episode one and two, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. Are people even going to listen to this? Right? Like, I don't know. The audio is not great, but listen, that's the whole point is we all are human beings, right? Like we're not perfect. And, um, and it's, it's so amazing because I've gotten so many messages from people that are like, wow, that inspired me so much. Thank you so much. Like this is going to be a game changer for my recovery or, you know, I had a gal that said I was doing so well and then COVID hit and I relapsed and I just cannot stop. I cannot stop drinking. What do I do? And I can help her. That's like where it's at guys. You know, that that's why I'm doing this. So I'm, I'm so abundantly blessed. That is, that is awesome. And yeah, with podcasting, it's, we're the same way. And that's what I like about podcasting. It doesn't have to be perfect. I don't, perfect is boring. Perfect is fake. Perfect is acting. And podcasts are just real. And you can hear dogs barking and squares, you know, chairs squeaking. And that's okay. And it's, so it's hard not to, that's what I was working with mentoring Darnell, is to let those things go. And, it, and it's hard because I've chopped some stuff up so much before too that there's nothing there. So, and that's what we do to ourselves. We hide all of our imperfections to where there's nothing there. And people everybody has a story and don't chop it up yeah there's a lot of critics yeah. out there but uh don't let them they're imperfect too exactly 
so in the very beginning, so we got, you know, all five star reviews. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then somebody did one star. And at first I'm like, what? But then, and then I'm like, oh, who gives somebody a brand new podcast? It's only had two episodes of one star. And so it takes experience and self-development to understand that, yeah, our podcast isn't perfect. Of course, it's not perfect. We're just doing it from our, you know, on our own. It's new. It's them that has the expects perfect or wants perfect or whatever. And so then instead, I'm like, that is awesome. That's a compliment. If somebody is jealous or doesn't think it's perfect, that's actually a call. I changed it around. I'm like, that's a freaking compliment. It's all about self-development. And what we need to understand is everyone appears one way on the outside and they're completely different on the inside. Who are we to judge anyone? Like I was saying, we all have a stinking story. Um, and thank you girls for sharing that you've got alcoholism in your family as well, because most people do. It's just not talked about. And it's time to talk about it, guys. This is like a, a big time for us to, to really make sure that everybody's going to be okay. Because COVID is really scary right now. So thanks again for that. Yeah. And then that's kind of what April and I do with, um, with self, you know, personal development, self-development and coaching is to keep people's minds healthy and keep them, you know, confidence and build confidence. And we just had a great meeting with uh, one of our mentees and it's so important. And, uh, oh, do we get to meet your husband, April? No, it's actually, Hey, what, what? it's a neighbor. It's a neighbor guy. <laughs> what? See, everybody's got a story. Let's hear that's yours. Right. <laughs> Yeah, hey, neighbor so, guy. <laughs> is, is he wearing overalls and no shirt? By chance? No. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Side note: He watch out. Uh, here from Vietnam, my husband poached him for for um from the Vietnam project to work in our uh, on a project here. Oh, so, nice. Okay. Yeah. What's he doing in your apartment? He's been staying with us. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll let that go then. Oh wait, he wasn't supposed to show up at this time. <laughs> <laughs> We're running a little bit long, longer yeah. than normal, but. I'd, I told him one o'clock. <laughs> you always give yourself half hour. I'll, t- I'll teach you. So. No. <laughs> I also do coaching on. <laughs> Just kidding. So Donnell, I'm going to tell my sister about your podcast. Yeah, please do. Please do. Yeah, if she yeah. ever has questions or anything, she can reach out to me on Instagram. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, she's a very stubborn, proud person, but I, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, certainly pass along that you're doing this podcast and hopefully, hopefully she'll uh, listen to it. Yeah. Most of us addicts are stubborn. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yes, I'm, I'm so happy for you because I've seen so many people with the struggle, you know, in my own family, especially. So, yeah. It's real. It's real. And, you know, just, just real quick, I I do want to shout out to you guys because being a family member of someone that is struggling with alcoholism or addiction is hard, right? I mean, like Cindy, you had alluded to Al-Anon earlier. And um, I think about all the things that we put our family through and and I've, I've put people through the ringer, right? Um, I just want to say like kudos to you guys for, for staying strong for, for them. You know, it's hard. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, um, Donnell. I'm so excited to listen to more episodes of your podcast and for being our, our guest today. And we can find, are you on all the, do you have your podcast on Apple and everywhere yet? Or Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's on Apple, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, all of that. Um, but if you follow me just on Instagram, it's at Sober Seriously. So you can follow me and then there'll be a link to all of those platforms if you want to listen in. Okay, great. And we'll share your link to on our mm-hmm. Instagram at Dental Elements Podcast and then on our Facebook page, Dental Elements Podcast. And uh, yeah, you can find find all the information there. So go Donnell. I'm glad that um, we were able to talk to you today and I'm sure we'll chat thank some more you. soon. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye Donnell.